ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. April the 5th, 2017. Two people's deaths today um, stand out in the news to me. Kurt Cobain and Lane Staley. Right off the bat, let's dedicate this episode to them. Okay, back in the lounge. Today's guest is playing at the TLA this Saturday with his band Ike. Alongside Pawn Shop Roses and Jealousy Curve at the Theater of Living Arts in Philadelphia. Uh, it's a reunion of sorts. It's for a good cause for a dear friend of ours. Jimmy, um, we dedicate this episode also to you. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Bobcast, Mr. Brett Talley, guitar player of the rock and roll band sensation, Ike. Ike. Hello, Bob. Thanks for having me again, brother. No problem, man. So yeah, this is nice. We have this nice little recording project going up. I'm sitting back in my chair. It's like you're here in the room with me. How are you? With the, <laughs> I'm all right, you Bob. Know, How are you? A couple days before the show. I'm good, man. I'm excited. I'm antsy. I'm ready to get it done. And once it's over, I don't know what else I'm going to look forward to. <laughs> I know you mean. Uh, right. Big, yeah, it's tough. It's uh, It's been Practice coming for, for a, a long show. time. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. You know, every night we've been doing something else, getting ready, rehearsing, um, getting the set list together. Uh, tomorrow night we're doing a giant rehearsal down at Philly Sound in South Philly, where it's going to be the first time all of us are in a room uh, playing the set together. So I'm really excited for that more than anything, because I, I, I haven't seen Dave in a long time. And, you know, Tom Christage is going to be there, and I don't get to see him a lot because he's up in Harrisburg. And then Joanne's going to be there. It's just going to be really cool having the old gang, everybody in the same room playing these songs together for the first time. It's, it's, it's really awesome for me. That's great. So this recording, ladies and gentlemen, takes place, I guess, a few hours after members of Bike and Jealousy Curve were on Jackson's WMMR here in the city of Philadelphia. Guys, if uh, you're hiring and you need somebody, hey, hit me up. I'm here on the Bobcast. But importantly... They talked about the show, and they said that during Ike's set, there's going to be how many musicians on stage at once? I think there's going to be, uh, let me see if I get it right, seven of us, I think? Yes, uh, seven of us. Now, I'm not sure if I heard this correctly on the radio, but it said that um, there could be three drummers going at once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> but um, it's going to be interesting to see how we go from song to song with the drummers because the way we did the set list you know i think normally you would think we would have so and so play for x amount of songs and then the next guy is going to step up play for x amount of songs but we decided not to do it like that because we wanted to do the set list in the order in which we wanted to do them and so we came up with a cool idea and (laughs) i can't wait to see it it's i think everyone's going to get a kick out of watching it that's exciting. So um, I, I, I can't wait for the show personally. It's going to be great. Uh, it was fun to hear them on the radio again today with Jackson. Um, other than that, I, you know, like we said, the the, the advent of the show here, um, you were a fan of uh, Lane Staley, right? Allison Chains? Oh, God, I can't even express to you how much Allison Chains played a huge part in my musical upbringing. I mean... So what was the first Alice in Chains record you picked up? The first Alice in Chains record I picked up, believe it or not, was the singles soundtrack um, from the movie because I had seen a video for the song Wood on MTV, which led me to the singles soundtrack. And then I just played the hell out of that thing, you know, and everyone at the time that I loved was on there. Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins... And then what I think the single soundtrack came out right before Dirt did. I know it came out like fairly yeah. close to it. And Very I just went, it. I remember going to Sam Goody's man at this little strip mall that was up the street from my parents' house. And I played that thing all the time. I learned every riff. I learned every vocal part and melody. And it just became one of my favorite records and to this day it's in like my top 10 records of all time and i listened to it again coming home today from work just to like you know pay tribute to lane and it's just so goddamn good it just gets your adrenaline pumping right off the bat you know yeah it's a shame what happened to him you know yeah man especially because you know the way people 
they Jerry Control can still write good music, and the last two Alice in Chains records that came out, you know, you could just hear Lane on there. You know, like you can almost picture what it would sound like if he was on there, and of course, you know, his writing played a huge part too. And I just often wonder, like, what they would sound like now, and yeah, would they still be together? You know, I always pictured that Lane could have had a solo album, you know, but um, he was in the yeah, side project sad. though with members of um. What yeah, was the name of that, side? that was Mad, Mad Season. Season. Right? Yeah, Mad Season. Which who who was, was in that? I mean, the, so Mad Season was Lane, Mike McCready, and then I believe it was um, uh, was it two guys from Screaming Trees? I might have that wrong. I can't remember, but uh, I know that it was the whole point of Mad Season. Mike McCready had just gotten sober. Um, I think from alcohol, and he tried to start Mad Season as a ploy to kind of get Lane sober, to kind of keep Lane in the game and, you know, try to work with him and get his, like, creativity going and try to help make him sober. And, you know, sadly it just didn't work, but, God, one hell of a record. Yeah, all the, I remember the first time I saw Man in the Box, I was disturbed and excited at the same time, and that's how I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tend to right. like my art you know what i mean but uh yeah yeah rest in peace yeah, to him rest in peace to kurt um are you interested at all at the i, I guess the rock and roll hall of fame isn't that friday night or is that saturday night this yeah weekend? yeah it's one of those so uh, which I band are you most looking forward to seeing the you know the performance on youtube or hbo when it comes out uh for me it's going to be pearl jam only because yeah, pearl jam was the band for me that got me into rock music because before them all I listened to was the Beach Boys and the Beatles on repeat that's all I ever gave a shit about and mm -hmm. I just remember the thing that changed my life literally was Pearl Jam Unplugged on MTV and them performing Jeremy and I don't know if you remember this man but in Home Alone 2 do you remember that little talk box or the talk boy that yes, um, Macaulay Culkin yes. used in that movie well, I had one of those, and Dude, I really? just can you send me a picture of that? Oh, oh God! I it was. I think it's at my parents' house somewhere. Oh but man! I, if they I had, had it ready, one. I'd even use it for like the cover of this podcast, <laughs> just because. Oh uh, right! It's such a weird thing to have. Yeah. But um, I took that and I recorded my TV, and I sat in front of my TV, and I recorded the entirety of like the unplug, and I just took the tape up to my bedroom, and I would just play it and play it and play it and I would learn all the songs and then I would play to it and for the longest time like that's like how I learned songs and then I remember 10 came out and I that that album that was it for me from there I just I got I was broken into everything right after Pearl Jam I started getting into Guns N' Roses I got into Aerosmith like all the rock just started hitting me hard um, yeah, but yeah, but Pearl Jam for me is like where it all began, and you know I know a lot of people give them shit and give Eddie Vedder shit for his political stance and things, but man, that first record—I mean, even like the first three records—are just yeah. incredible, you know. And there's there's no, nobody like it, you know. And Eddie Vedder's got I ordered. One of those um, voices. I remember pre-ordering uh, their second album. Waiting for it like for like a year, and seeing the poster and Sam Goody, and you know thinking yeah. that one day this will come. I know what you yeah. mean. The struggle. I miss the struggle too. Like when you taped your, um, you know, like you taped the unplugging performance and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I, I've been you lately know, thinking a lot about like forgetting to, um, like forgetting to record something on a VCR, and it's just right. lost forever. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the days like before the internet. Like you know, now you go on YouTube, you can just type in how to play Jeremy, you know, and know. it pops right up. Away, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had to figure you know, out tablature and that, like how to right exactly. You know what I mean? You know, like, figure things out for, for ourselves. Forty percent of the time, like the videos on YouTube are wrong, <laughs> so it's like it drives me nuts. I always wanted to, if I had time in my life, I always had the idea of just making a YouTube channel where I would just show people how to correctly play songs because it drives me nuts when I like search these videos and. I just like I'm no man. That's not how you play it at all. <laughs> it drives me nuts. It's and like, like an OCD thing. Oh yeah, and it drives me nuts. And mm -hmm. then they have like thousands of views, and you go through the comment. It's like yeah, man, that sounds great. It's like, did you hear it? 
But um, I, yeah, you know, I, I just there, there's a lot of stuff that is really just out there. But um, I I'll have to put a link down the maybe in the podcast below here. Um, there's a link where um, this guy plays like albums on guitar all the way through. Uh-huh. And I've watched him do oh, Bleach, wow. Nevermind, and In Euro. He oh, crushes great. it. So, awesome. but I have seen some good ones and some bad ones. But yeah, I think yeah. you should totally do it. Speaking uh, yeah, of Pearl Jam, I'm going to touch base back you know, on Pearl Jam. I, you know how, like you were saying a minute ago, like you, you know, you you knew the exact moment you fell in love with, you know, rock and roll, like Pearl Jam and stuff. For me, the moment for Pearl Jam, have you ever seen? I think it's the MTV Music Awards when they do Animal for the first time. Oh yeah, like, man. Yeah. And the energy, and he, like on stage, yep. it's just like, oh my god, dude! I remember watching it as a kid and being like, yeah. Now I, I when you go back and you watch it, you you wonder like. The whole band's just completely running around the stage, but Eddie just looks so pissed, but he looks so right being pissed. Yeah. Oh, God, I remember that. And then I remember them doing that on um, Saturday Night Live, too. And it was the oh, yeah, same, was like, intensity. It, it was, was that the same award show where Neil Young came out with them, too, and played yeah. Rockin' in I the used Free to have World? A, when I was a kid, I had a bootleg of um, Eddie Vedder singing for the doors when they got inducted into the rock and roll. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I just yeah, recently uh, uh, rewatched Pearl Jam 20. Yeah, that's awesome really Awesome documentary. Good. And I saw, but, too, um, that Neil Young dropped out of inducting them in, and now it's going to be David Letterman. I know. I thought David Letterman's favorite band was the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I saw that today. I was like, ah, uh, okay. Is anybody writing about that? Because I I remember <laughs> numerous times, like on you know late night, he'd be like, "Foo Fighters are my favorite playing." I think yeah. they even played the last show. They were the last band. Yeah, the last show. Yep. But yeah. I guess grunge, you know. But I mean, to me, it wasn't really grunge. I mean, grunge was more like fashion. That was just rock and roll, right. you know. Yeah, it was cool too. I was kind of reading up on like Alice in Chains today, saying how they kind of got like looped into that grunge sound when really out of like all the Seattle bands back in the nineties. They were the ones that were like closest to like metal, you know. And then Soundgarden, like Soundgarden too, to me, yeah. like yeah, like Soundgarden was heavy too. But I feel like Alice in Chains had a little bit more of an edge. But um, I am proud to say that Soundgarden was my first concert, and I didn't know how loud somebody's voice could be live uh, yeah. at the Bethlehem Stabler. What I a think voice! That's what yeah, what a voice! Great band. And but, you still um, got it, man. He's still, yeah, totally still got it, you know? Um, who else is getting inducted? Is Yes getting inducted? Um, is there any hip-hop bands or anything like that this year getting uh, inducted? I don't know, to be honest with you. I haven't really been paying attention. But, you know, Yes mm-hmm. is another band that was pretty important in my upbringing, like in high school, because uh, there was a time where, you know, I just wanted to be in a prog band, so we would do Yes, Rush, dream theater and that's where i really learned quickly that that's not the type of guitar playing that i'm cut out for and <laughs> i learned real fast like where my style is and where i should just stay in those confines and not try to be john petrucci <laughs> but uh steve Howe, though, what an amazing guitar player too yeah an amazing guitar player um I am experiencing a slight difficulty hearing your voice. I don't know if it's your oh. phone. Um, I don't know. Let me see. You're good now, though. Home. Oh, okay. Um, we'll just keep going. You know what? I'll just make a note. 13 minutes and 45 seconds. Okay. I couldn't hear, hear the last better? thing you were saying. What was the last thing you were saying? Uh, now, I'm, now I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, really? Can you hear me now? Yep, there you are. Okay. We do so like a commercial. All right, you know, I may, I may not even just I may just show people, you know, sometimes with the <laughs> podcast you got to make sacrifices. Is there really a need to edit that out? No, things don't go as planned. But um, what's it's been a while since we've uh, we've been on the show here together talking about things we love. Let's spin the dial. Let's get into the pop culture of it. Let's talk about some things that we uh, we missed in the last couple of weeks. Maybe now some a lot of more people have gotten a chance to see. Let's talk about the movie Logan. What did you think of the final chapter of Wolverine's life? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. My expectations were low going in because um, the trailers they had released for it, I just, I wasn't digging it. And, 
you know, I had read some things prior to it coming out about, you know, how it kind of screws with the uh, continuity with the other movies. And I'm just like, oh, my God, why can't Fox just let it go? Just give it back. But um, actually, um, you know, my my girlfriend had seen the movie first before I did with some friends and they were all raving about it to me and she didn't even really want to see it and she came out loving it. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll go see it. And it turned out I, I loved it. And as of right now, it's my favorite Fox film that they've done. And it, to me, it's the way Wolverine should have been done from the start, in my opinion. Yeah, but, we're uh, just yeah. getting into the rated R movies. Yeah, I, I, the first time I saw it, I, I I didn't really hear any opinion. I think I went opening weekend Sunday morning, and um, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't want to. I, I mean, if anything, I wanted to feel emotion when Logan died at the end. You know, because right. you know yeah. the cat was out of the bag. He's gonna you know, <laughs> spoiler alert, he's not gonna right. make it. A tree is gonna kill. Oh right. Wolverine. You know what I mean, but um, yeah, it was brutal, man. I thought it was. It was brutal. Uh, it was brutal. The X twenty three character, his daughter, I really liked a lot. I, I liked the way mm-hmm. that she moved on screen. It was really, you know, I don't think we've ever seen that before. That type of, you know, vengeance and stuff like that. And his story yeah. was cool. First time yeah. I saw it, I left not knowing what to think. And then I watched it a second time, um, and I, I changed my opinion about it, especially when I really focused it on Patrick Stewart's um, performance. Because he, yeah, I, you know, he really is the heart of that movie. But the uh, way that he goes out, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think, do you think his death was, like, his entire life being Professor X, helping these young kids, teaching them at the mansion, you know, all this good work he's done for him to go out like that through a Wolverine <laughs> clone in a bed. Like, it's just, I don't know. I was, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah. wow. Because, yeah, you know, how, like, when there's a character death in a movie, like, there, it's really, like, a meaningful towards you know that yeah, really right. wasn't meaningful towards the play i mean like you know it was weird for me i was like whoa right. and then like there was talk afterwards that patrick stewart was still like down the plane which i guess this could be on a different you know universe but that was my mm-hmm. only like gripe with it i was just like oh man they killed him this way and right. then they're killing you know the black poor black fan i was just it was like this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah that this, was dude, brutal you know? man it was brutal, brutal dude i was just like oh my god is this like what is this saying about you know, society, you know, I kind of, I, mean, I thought it was one of those things where it's kind of like poetic because in the first X-Men movie, you know, Xavier kind of takes him in and tries to help him find his way. And he was like one mutant that, you know, he really tried to help. And, you know, by the, by the days of future past, like you can tell that their relationship has already like been strange, as close yeah. as it can get. So like for him to go out by Wolverine somewhat. It was kind of like, like bookends, you know. Like, of course, like the thing he tried to help the most ended up killing him in the end, type of thing. But um, it got me, man. I didn't see it coming. It, it was, you know, it was a huge twist that I'm glad wasn't spoiled in any of the trailers. Yeah, I, I was glad about that. I the the one image that got me definitely was the cross becoming an X because I was just like. Uh. Man, when, uh, the writer, when the writer came up with that, it must have just been like, yes, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's yeah that was ended. the point where that that's yeah. where I let a tear fall, man. And I was sitting in, when I saw it, I think I went on a Thursday night. And it was like still sold out. And I had the last row in the back and sitting between two couples who didn't know me. And that scene happened and like... I just turn to look at the one guy and he looks at me and we both have like tears in our eyes and I'm like, yeah, man, I get it. <laughs> and then, I, think, uh, I, I did read that um, this won't be the last time we see Hugh Jackman in a, you know, Sony Marvel Universe. Okay. Or Fox, excuse me. Um, he may appear as Hugh Jackman in the next Deadpool <laughs> Dead- movie. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> Which would be great. I mean, I think that'd just be <laughs> so ironic. Yeah. I mean, with... I mean, in the the first Deadpool, you know, he staples the, what is it, the Us Magazine photo of Hugh Jackman? Yeah, right. Yep. So I think that would be interesting. It would be interesting to play with that. And it, it could, like, fall into a movie that I love, The Last Action Hero. I mean, like, how there's, like, you know, elements of, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger um, being, you know, in both worlds, both fiction and reality. Right. Which I think Deadpool can really, really benefit from, especially a hard, you know, R-rated movie. 
Yeah. But yeah, I dug it. I dug it. Logan was good. I think my favorite, if this is, in fact, his last, you know, hurrah, mm-hmm. I really liked, like, Act 1 of Days of the Future Past, like, when he first goes back. I think that was, like, the like the most entertained I was by his performance because it was just fun to see him go back yeah. and, like... yeah. He was having a good time, you know, and then shit got yeah. serious right, right when they and, uh, busted out Magneto, but there was a good 15 pages there, without a doubt. Um, mm-hmm. The last time, you just told me today, by chance, uh, the last time you were on the show, is it a year to the date? Yeah, yeah, I went on Facebook and went on, you know, like, on this date, and the first nice. thing that popped up was uh, me stating that I was on the podcast to discuss the Walking Dead finale. <laughs> Well, that's our next transition. What do you think of this yeah. season? Spoilers if you haven't watched The Walking Dead. Skip ahead a couple minutes. And if you hear us talking about it, that's your fault. But hey, yeah. um, what what did you think of this season? What did you think of Negan and the Saviors and the predicaments thought, and the deaths? I thought the, what was it, season seven that just premiered, right? Or that just went, finished, mm-hmm. right? Season seven. I thought the season, season seven premiere was fantastic. Then I thought all the stuff in between was shit. And then I thought the finale started to get back on track. And then it's one of those things where, like, the more I thought about it after, I was like, "Uh, I don't know if it was okay. Like, Like, I think more bigger players should have died. Like, not main players, but, like, just, like, Negan's right hand guy. With that, uh, the dude with like the mustache and everything, like I thought yeah, he should have went. Simon, Simon. Yeah, I like and Simon. This... I like his speeches. He's really yeah, he's good. Gregory. Yeah, that he's good. Gregory. <laughs> but I would have liked to have seen like Negan lose somebody of like greater importance, and like you know, you got this huge gunfight and all these like big ass guns getting broke out, and like just no one really got it that I cared for you know uh, so it was kind of like unbelievable and but um what did you, what did you I, think spoilers again what did you think of sasha's death that was cool i thought that was, yeah, was cool. well done was cool you know too. it shocked a little me. nod I was like, whoa yeah. we've never seen this before but you know and i i, I felt kind of stupid when it happened because like i called it right at the beginning of the episode i'm like okay clearly she's not masturbating i'm guessing <laughs> she's she took the pill and then the whole time I'm like, all right, well, she's killing herself. I get it. But it never once crossed my mind that she would turn into a walker. And when she came out, I was like, no shit. Why didn't yeah. I think of that? Like, So I give the show credit for like pulling that on me. So I don't know if that makes yeah, me an idiot. I felt that way too. Or, I mean, there was, there was maybe a handful of good moments this year on The Walking Dead. But, I mean, you can't just give people large chunks of the story on episodes. Episode one, yeah. and then all the way to episode sixteen. Like yeah. you can't just drag a mouse through a maze without giving him a little bit of cheese every now and then. And right. we didn't get no cheese this year. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I love The Walking Dead, but God, it is really just—it's kidding itself really to the fear, fear of The Walking Dead, which is really the writing isn't so hot. But like yeah. these characters, we love and we continue to watch them. But like, I don't know. This finale, and honestly, just was so... at, at this point, I only really watch it for Negan. Because yeah, I like Negan. He, Negan's great. He really added like life into the show, you know. And I'm a huge comic book fan. I'm all up to date with the comics, and I know what's coming, and I'm excited to see them get there. But the show, it's it's one of those shows where it always starts strong, it ends strong, but then throughout the rest of the season, it's just scattered with good moments, like you said, you know. Yeah, and that's it. And usually those, yeah. yeah. And usually the good moments are like two minutes before the show ends. You know, it's all build up to the cliffhanger. The cliffhangers are always good. Yeah, it's like becoming but, um, Jersey Shore or something like that, where you see like the fist fight at the end or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they got to get it back you know, on. You know, I blame Gimple. I believe. I blame, yeah, I watched the just, Talking Dead. I'm just like Gimple. Like, look, you got these great characters. Use them right. correctly. And you know what Gimple likes to do too? He likes to intercut time, do lots of time cuts, and he likes to do lots oh, yeah. of flashbacks. Yeah, and it really like for a show like this. Like, you can't reveal so many flashbacks. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, the same thing happened with um, Maurice. And I'm pretty sure he wrote that episode, too. Like when Maurice mm-hmm. died, like we saw in the future, we saw, you know, like he spends too much worrying about this way or that way. Just keep the story going. 
Yeah. And he right. stalls. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I do like the writing for Negan a lot. I like how the episode prior to the finale, we, we kind of liked Negan, you know, because he was helping Sasha. Yeah. But then we right. see him quickly turn and he wants to bash out Carl's brains. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, I just saw a picture of uh, on Instagram of uh, Chandler Riggs at the uh, Capitol. He's like pointing to it, he he's got the funniest uh, photo right now of like uh, this monument. Check it out. But okay. um, <laughs> yeah, The Walking Dead, dude. Uh, I just uh, bothers me. Yeah, it bothers me. Yeah. That I look forward to it all week, and then I'm just like, no. Is this and this must thing... have been like what happened to Dynasty or like all those shows? Oh my god, yeah. That have been it around just for 10, 15 years. It drives me nuts because they have the source material, and it's all there. You know what I mean? It's just like stick to it a little bit more. You know, like we'll see. This is the thing without spoiling because I don't read the books. Like, yeah. how, how are they following Kirkman's plan? Like, is Kirkman's books like you know? Yeah, I mean, they, for the for the most part, I mean, the season finale ended kind of where I thought it would. And let me ask you, know, you a question: Where where yeah. are like okay last night? Or Sunday night's episode. What mm-hmm. book number is that? Would you say? Oh man! Uh, Just hypothetically speaking. Well, I know Glenn was killed in issue one hundred. Yep. So I would say we're probably like maybe twenty issues in okay. to like after that, because like right now what they're heading for is a story arc in the books called All Out War. Mm-hmm. And what the season finale basically was was like the cliffhanger of that story arc, like going into it. So next season is what I really want to see. And I think Gimple already came out and said that the first four episodes are quote mind melting. So he better he better deliver. He he can yeah. deliver Gimple, but God, yeah. I, 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 we all hold him in high regard here. You know, what I'm I mean? really like, hoping that I'm really hoping that the show follows. The arc of where it goes between, you know, Rick and Negan. I don't want to say anything, but yeah, just to see like where the show goes and if it follows. Do you that, think and to see like okay? Reaction. I'm anxious to know where the story goes. I've read to issue 100, then I stopped. You're caught oh, really? all the way up to I presume what like 164. Yeah, I'm. It just I'm came right out today or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read. I the almost spoiled one. today that there was a death in The Walking Dead that I don't know about yet. But oh, I off no, don't it. do that. Don't do I know, I know, but you know, <laughs> that's happened so much though, because like I, you know, it's I'm tough, on the computer, man. you know what I mean? But like, there's always these like little things that, yeah. you know, deaths are spoiled I blame, and stuff I like blame that. the internet. I, I just saw an article today that got posted about um, Captain America in the comics killing off a character. And I'm just like, Jesus, God, I'm like, is nothing sacred anymore? Like, I can't He also go works on. for Hydra now, or he's, he's worked yeah. for Hydra the whole time. Right. And all this stuff yeah. gets spoiled, like just in headlines of articles, and it just it pisses me off. Like, and I try to avoid them, but sometimes you can't, you know. So, I saw the Captain America thing today, and I actually saw an article come out right after The Walking Dead finished, saying like, you know, uh, season finale is going to lead to this, and it was like something that happens in the comic, and it was like right in the title. I'm like. Jesus, dude. <laughs> I'm like, no. Do you have to put it in the title? You know, clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. It's yeah, terrible. and it's horrible. Like nobody has patience. Nobody has patience. You know, like we're doomed. I don't get it. We're yep. heading towards extinction quickly. It'll maybe yep. take another hundred, two hundred years. But I mean, God, we just don't <laughs> want to look up. We want to look down at everything. Right. Our next will be ruptured. Speaking of Cap, the Marvel Universe. What did you think of um, Spider-Man: Homecoming trailer? Oh, I love it. I think that little two-minute trailer. You're a Spider-Man trailer, fan, right? From, like, yeah. Do you play Spider-Man above Batman? Uh, no. All right. No, Bat- Batman's number one for me. <laughs> All right, yeah, continue I think that, Tell that, me, what, you, what did you think? I mean, like, it, it comes out this summer. First yeah. standalone Marvel Universe Spider-Man film. I think that two-minute trailer. The two-minute trailer is the best Spider-Man movie out right now. In my opinion, it just looks like they got him right. Before that, you know, Spider-Man Two with Tobey Maguire was it's still really high up there. But um, yeah, this this just looks like they took everybody's complaints 
and said, nah, we got to do him justice. I mean, even his role in Civil War, to me, was the best Spider-Man's been portrayed in film. So I'm really excited about the movie. I'm excited to see Michael Keaton back in a comic book movie, basically playing Birdman again. <laughs> I know, he can't get away. He does kind of look like a bird, you know what I mean? But Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I dug the Spider-Man trailer as well, funny. but I, I do think that they showed um, too much. Uh, too much. Blood. They pretty much show you the whole movie, you know. And there's, yeah. Imagine there's and lots of stuff in there that's going to be sprinkled that we can like pick up on. But I'm so right. tired. And of that's that. every Almost trailer. Anymore. Where, what's that? It, it's like every trailer anymore. I know. Like by but the time I just wish that there should be like a like a you know at the beginning, and you're in the movie theater, it tells you like you know. The rating, there should be a spoiler alert, you know? Like, yeah. we're going to show you Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. We're going to show it's you like Spider-Man just... with this cool-ass costume. We're going to show you him messing yeah. up. The suit getting right. taken away. Him becoming yeah. what he used to be, then gaining back the confidence of the Avengers. Maybe they play right. a role in the finale, and he gets a suit it's back. Like they basically and then it looks like he's you... also with the nation's capital for the finale <laughs> with the yeah. spider bugs. It's, they give you the arc. They give you the full, like, three acts, like, in the trailer. I, th- I think yeah, everything I should just be teaser trailers and that's it. Nothing should ever... You shouldn't have more than one trailer for anything, in my opinion. Just keep it a teaser trailer. You, you know, know it's what I Spider-Man. think the best teaser trailer ever was? Uh, I was a kid. You were a kid, too. You, you'll recall it. It was for Godzilla. And it started off with just a, like an empty museum and a big-ass dinosaur bone. Nobody in there late at night. And then out mm-hmm. of nowhere, Godzilla's like, you know, claw, like feet come through and smash... The dinosaur's bones. And it was just like, that's oh, it. Godzilla yeah. coming this summer. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> but they don't do stuff like that too much no more. The last no. trailer that was like that for me was Cloverfield. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. it and just being like, what is that? Yeah. There hasn't been a movie I like that in a while. My favorite trailer of all time still remains Unbreakable. The orig- I remember seeing the trailer for that in the theater. And it just left me like, I need to go see that. I need to know what that's about. Like... That's how a trailer is done. Speaking about but, um, it, we never get a chance to... Um, I don't think I've even commented on the Bombcast about it, but what did you think of Split? Oh, uh, I loved it. I loved it. It's cool, right? I'm a, I am an unapologetic M. Night fan. I, even movies people consider shit. Like, I can find good things in the happening. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed Lady in the Water. After Earth, eh. And um, last... Last Airbender, I mean, he got that wrong. But, like, in terms of his work, you know, I love him. I just think he creates, like, some kind of atmosphere that no one else can do. And he just knows how to pick his shots. And he just knows how to get, like, unique direction from, like, the cast. Uh, there's just something about his He's movies great. that I love. The, the, the feeling he creates, you know, I, I've gotten to, like, be around him a few times and I have this speech like ready to go for him like when I do finally get to like talk to him and I, I'm convinced that I can inspire that guy to uh, get his shit together again but then I saw Split and I was like ah, I might not need to do that I think he's on the right track but yeah I yeah, he's it. on the right I track I thought it was great I, and, uh, uh, unfortunately I, I said the report that uh, for me I love the movie, but it was spoiled for me before I saw it because me on too. Website, I was just gonna say um, on Collider dot com, I believe. Um, you know, there was this. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was alluding to the fact that you know, Split has something to do with Unbreakable, and like it, it was a picture too of like uh. Mr. Glass walking with you know, and I'm just like with Bruce Willis, and I'm just like, God damn it, dude. I'm oh, sure. that it could have been like sucks, a, man. But yeah, I, it you definitely know, happened. And it's like I, I put knew. It to it. I'm, you kidding me, dude? Like you can't see anything without it being spoiled. Yep. But I, I spoiled two Walking Dead um, deaths for somebody on Instagram once. <laughs> he got so, <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> he went to come after me. I guarantee it. But oh um, my god. Yeah, I knew yeah. the twist going in too, and actually, I had um, known someone that went and saw an early screening of it and he was so excited he called me and he knew like how big of a fan i am and how like i unbreakable is my favorite film of his and he just went off on the phone he's like dude do you really want to know because i really want to tell you and i was like yeah man i need to know and then he told me like how it ended and i was like holy shit that's amazing and i was carrying it around for months i tried not to tell 
too many people. Oh, yeah, and then when you, I wa- you commented on that. I remember it. I forget. I forget yeah. about that. Something about yeah. And then when I went and saw the movie, the ending was completely not what he had told me. And then I found out later that in all the advanced screenings, he didn't have that ending tag um, scene on the movie. So I ended up calling him and was like, guess what? So he ruined it for me and then I ruined it for him. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I did read that. But, thing. Um, why, why would he screen that? Because then, you know, it would definitely get out. But yeah, I'm totally yeah. looking forward to it. I, the thing that's cool too is that I believe that those characters from Unbreakable aren't the same studio that put um, this film out. Like, So they got the like right. permission to do it or maybe he got permission, but hopefully yeah. they do a film yeah. where we have, you know, a big battle in that universe right um the and other trailer I, that I'm, I'm really really hype on and i want to get your opinion is uh alien covenant oh uh, yeah well actually real quick just to go back to the split thing that i think was cool can you think of any other movie where you went into it thinking it was one thing but it ended up being a sequel to a movie that like no, no, was something else entirely no. Like I, I like think about the balls it takes to do that. Like by him and the studio, you know what I mean? Because when I saw it in the theater, like I'm freaking out in my seat, and then the lights go on, and at least three people were like, "I don't get it. What did that mean? Why is oh, he yeah. in that movie?" And so like we're walking out of the movie theater, and I'm like explaining it to people, and I'm like, "Man, they had to like talk about those in meetings. Like, is it risky to do this?" You know, that movie is from 2001, I think, 2001, I think, I think it's 2000. 2000, yeah. And it's just like... I need an assistant. Do, are people going to remember that movie? But I loved it. But with Alien, I'll tell you this. When the Prometheus trailer... Are you, are you trailer, an Alien fan? You're an Alien yeah, fan, Yeah, huge. Right? Huge. Aliens. Yep, yep. Um, when the Prometheus trailer came out, I was floored. Like, I couldn't wait to see it. I was so excited. I actually had this, like, Prometheus, like, countdown on my work desk. And um, then I went and saw the movie, and I was like, ah, the trailer was better than the movie. So then I saw the trailer for Covenant, and it looks like it's it's Prometheus 2. So my expectations are, like, pretty low. So I still going to go see it because it looks like it's badass, and I heard, like, early reviews of it from scenes that were shown at um, South by Southwest um, were pretty positive. Yeah. So I'm going to go. Just, you know, I want to see it. And I like um, Michael Fassbender. And I think Ridley Scott movies look beautiful. So Me too. it looks like it's very it's very well shot. I really want him to do a good job with this because I do agree that, you know, Prometheus had his problems. I enjoyed it, but... It was interesting yeah. to introduce these types of characters. I re- the one thing, I think during the promotion for Prometheus, you never saw the engineers. So when mm-hmm. the first scene happened with the engineer, I was just like, wow, that's really an interesting choice to do. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, yeah. you know, But he hasn't made a film as good as Gladiator. Since. Right. Like, yeah. you know, Gladiator's a perfect movie. You can watch it. And I really, I blame Prometheus and all its problems on Damon Lindelof. And I hate to say that because I love Damon Lindelof, but I think he's the one that really screwed up that movie. I mean, the, the movie looks great, but really the problem was in the writing and the characters and just how stupid the characters are. And, you know, they, they take this team of scientists, like the best of the best, out to this, like, new planet to possibly, you know, spoilers, meet our makers <laughs> and they take a guy that's like, oh, look at this little snake. Oh, come here, little guy. Let me touch you. You know, like, dumbass. You know, and then the, they take the one guy who they, uh, tries to survey the ship and is like, mm-hmm. screw this. I'm out of here. It's like, dude, really? Like, just the writing was so bad. But there are some great moments in that movie, especially like the medical pod scene. Yeah, that's great. And I actually, I love the score. I love the score of that movie just because it was so odd for like a sci-fi horror film. And Yeah, there was some cool stuff in that. I remember the score more than anything in that movie, which is odd. But yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward to this, but I'm going in with low expectations. I I, I like uh, Danny McBride. Speaking of which, um, you're a huge Halloween fan, uh, Michael Myers. Danny McBride and his partner are uh, redoing Halloween. What do you, how do you feel about that? Or is it a sequel? I was, <laughs> I was a little skeptical about it, but then the more I read about it and interviews they did and 
John Carpenter gave his seal of approval. And just the fact that Carpenter said he would come back and do the score, I was like, wow. I know, that's cool. I really, I'm really, i hoping that it's good because there hasn't been a good Halloween movie in a very long time. But, I mean, yeah. if they can crack the story, you know what I mean? But, like, I don't know where yeah. you, what you could do. I mean, Rob Zombie did pretty much his own thing, but a continuation mm-hmm. could be cool. A type of Superman Returns, like, you know, Brian Singer-type Halloween movie. Perhaps maybe... Right. Where he falls out the window and the hospital thing never happened, or I, there's a different, you know, something like that. I don't know, but like, yeah, they you, say they have a cool like idea. Modern time. I hope yeah, so. They, I hope it's not like the Busta Rhymes one where it was like, let's set up the cameras and like, oh my god, it was just like terrible what they're doing to Michael Myers, you know? Yeah, I just find it interesting that like all these comedians suddenly like want to take on like these pop culture like phenomenon like i just read that uh seth rogan now wants to try to bring kirkman's invincible comic book series to good luck with that because that that's going to be film. huge budget for them i mean if they yeah. could do it if they could do yeah, a small I mean, budget huge. invincible i mean i'm a big fan of the book i read at least to 100 oh, yeah. and then like i was like that's it i can't go no further don't you but, think um, it would be better as a series though than a movie I don't know. I mean, like, I tried to get in the preacher, and I, I hate to say, it, I just couldn't uh, get into it. And that's the other thing that screwed me. I mean, I think they really, really screwed up preacher. And now, like, for them to touch invincible, I'm like, ah, why don't you just step away? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm just, I'm not a fan. Like, I've, I tried really hard, but I just, I couldn't do it. I'm looking forward to American Gods. I mean, that that yeah. seems like it'd be cool. But I mean, that looks that looks it's really tough. good. It's tough. There's so much television. There's so much stuff you gotta, you know, keep yourself entertained with. You know. Are you um, um are are you a Better Call Saul fan? I you know I'm I just got into an argument the other night with <laughs> I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna be the biggest hater right now, but I'm just gonna say it. Prequels I just can't get down with. Right. I, um, I saw Rogue One, and um, I gotta say I just it didn't really. I mean the ending was cool, but like the story itself mm-hmm. just didn't do it for me. Prequels, well, I gotta tell like, you, man, leading up to this, stuff, and better well, this call, is, like, when you know prequel, the story, it's but, hard. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I feel like this show gets it right and manages to do things with the plot that I don't think you would expect. I really think you should give it a shot. Like I know, I just miss, I, 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 miss I, Mr. White. I, I felt the same way. Know? I didn't know how good it was going to be, and... You know, I read they were thinking about making, like, a 30-minute comedy, and I was like, oh, my God. But I don't know, man. I I think if you're a Breaking Bad fan, it's perfect. I I love it. I did watch season one. I watched about maybe four or five episodes before Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I just didn't go any further. So maybe I will take a look at it. I know they're doing the heavy promo right now with Gus coming back to the show. I love that arc in Breaking Bad. I I thought that was great. I'd love to see the beginning. Yet another thing. That's something else that I don't I don't feel should have been given out to the public. I felt like I mean I if you watch last season, it's kind of alluded to that he's coming, but I think just to see him out of the blue in season three would have been way better than seeing all these promos for it. And I mean, it's cool, but I think it would have been cooler just to have him appear on the show without knowing if he was definitely coming back or he was just going to be like this secret character that they alluded to and you never saw. And, you know, you would just know that it's him, but I don't know. I, I miss uh, I miss the mystery, Bob. You know, yeah. everything is you have to have information 24-7 at, on every device you can. Like, there's no mystery or, like, reverence for anything anymore. It, it drives me no, nuts. Mystery you know, I mean, even with music, you can listen to, like, Metallica had their new album, streaming like two days before it actually came out you could listen to the whole thing for free it's like where is the mystery you know i remember going to tower records at midnight and waiting for like kid a to come out you know and not knowing anything about it tower records was the best oh my god it's just i miss did you ever go to the one in king of prussia yep yep definitely i go there every friday night with my two friends we drive up, try to get something new. Love the magazine section, man. I just sat there oh, and read yeah, everything. Man. So, I mean, the magazines the thing I were like my, about... you know, Android device, but right. I miss it, you know? I yeah, definitely like, miss it. I used struggle. to go down. I remember there was a time where, this is a long time ago, but all the David Bowie albums came out, like, remastered. And I remember going to, like, the David Bowie section, and it was just, like, three rows of Bowie, every single album, multiple copies. 
and like now you're lucky if you if you can even find a store and if you go you're lucky if you can find like the most current thing you know you got to go to amazon for anything now or you know most people are going to itunes i still prefer the physical format but um I used to love like just walking up and down the aisles. I got into so many bands just from like walking up and down the aisles and looking at the album covers and they had those listening stations. That's how I discovered the Deftones. You know, uh, their album White Pony. Listening stations. And yeah, forget about I, them. yeah I, that's how I got into Sigur Rose, Deftones, um, a lot of singer songs. Like Howie Day is like how I learned about Howie Day and... I I miss that stuff now, you know. Yeah, like, I miss the cool like uh, listening stations where like it was almost like this is the future. You will be yeah. using this type of device forever. Music will not be instantaneously mm-hmm. purchased through your phone or you know. I miss it, but um, yeah, it's gone. We'll never get it back. Yeah. We, we can we can get record players and put them in our living rooms and you know wax nostalgic, but. Technology is just going to keep evolving to the point where you could just think of a yeah. song and hear it in your head. That's it. Yeah, it's it's good and it's bad, you know. But uh, I just I miss the hunt, you know. <laughs> the hunt. There's a band name, the hunt. Yeah. Um. What's the la- yeah the last thing on my list here? The before we go here on this awesome Bobcast, Justice League. First time seeing the trailer, first response, <laughs> first reactions. <laughs> How did you feel seeing Batman back on the big screen? My first reaction after that trailer was over was, <laughs> I just, I don't, I just don't think Warner Brothers can get it right. I, I really don't. I just, it to me, it looked like Sin City in color, with <laughs> you know, with Batman on the rooftop. And, like, they're just trying to hit you over the head, like, hey, look, we could do humor. We can put pop songs in, too. But I really feel like it's just going to be... It's just going to be a continuation of the mess that was Batman versus Superman. And I don't know, man. I'm I'm hopeful. I really love Ben Affleck's Batman. I think he looks the best in terms of, like, the character on the screen. But I uh, I, I don't know, man. I just... Reboot Maybe it. I got Reboot the whole I thing. got spoiled with Christopher Nolan, like I just love the modern take on things as if like it really could take place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Dark Knight nailed it. I it's just all these it's CGI the, screens CGI and like screens, all this destruction you know? in the background. I'm like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired. There's no villain again. You know, we have parademons who are just these robotic winged creatures that we're supposed to be scared right. of. Like. We don't see it's the real threat. It's just mindless things problem, for them to, you know? to pounce on, you know. I just, I don't know. Hopefully I'm wrong. I would really love to be wrong. But I don't know, man. At this point, I think Zack Snyder has a good eye, and that's where it stops. Yeah, you know, well, I read I mean, someone else. Someone I can't else believe said that they're to allowing it to go on, too, you know. Like, I know. They, How they did they green, not get they it? They greenlit Justice League before they were even I, done the I, promo for Batman vs. Superman. They were like... right. Think right. filming like while the movie was like just in theaters, like for Justice League, but like it blows my mind. Yeah, All they care mind. about is money, money, money. I, I actually don't think they really care about the product at all, and that's where I think Marvel exceeds. You know, they're all about making money too. I mean, look how many movies we're into right now. You know, think about the first Iron Man movie and that post-credit scene and where we're at now with it. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But like every well, movie, you know what. The Warner Brothers try to do they try to catch up too fast by putting yeah. everything that's good about comics the death of Superman way up right. in the beginning of the you know uh, this is the second yeah, time I, we've ever seen Superman on screen we killed him right makes no sense yeah I think we had talked about that back on the Batman vs. Superman podcast the most lengthiest Bobcast in history <laughs> two and a half hours of just pure rage <laughs> and just <laughs> anger uh. over the fact that our Child, oh God! Childhood heroes are bastardized on the screen by but one of the stupidest you, stories I've ever ever seen. And, how do you uh, kill yeah, Superman in the second movie? Hit me up I just don't understand how you killed him in the second movie before the Justice League. How do you kill him? Yeah. <laughs> With so an dumb. orc from Lord of the Rings. It wasn't and even. And you know, Tuesday. like you know, the kicker is like the last twenty minutes. Superman comes back in Justice League and helps them, and you know what I mean. Like, I uh, I uh, I read an interesting theory today that. 
you know, it's probably just a rumor, but someone said that it's possible that Darkseid brings back Superman and controls him and that Superman is really going to be the villain in the Justice League movie. Yeah. What would you th- yeah. That's the same <laughs> yeah. thing that Wolverine did, you know? Like, right. kind of. Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Because yeah, they right. can't get the villains correct. I mean, it's all about the villain, you know? Like. Yeah. That's why the Joker and the Dark Knight is. The, that movie works on an epic scale, is because they're just perfect for each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times in films, the bad guys always are, you know, they, they don't really have much to say either, you know? Right, yeah. That's why I love Negan so much, say, man. You know? That's that's why I love Negan on The Walking Dead because oh, like he's the best. His the, villain, the, best. He, the villains are the best, man. Like I giant I size honestly, lady nuts. <laughs> in terms of comic book movies, I don't think there's been a greater villain since Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh yeah, he was the best. Like, he nailed it. You know, I mean I know everyone loves Loki, but at the end of the day, I mean, when you compare them I mean, he's what makes Dark Knight. That's why I'm hoping with the new Spider-Man, I'm hoping like Michael Keaton can do something more with I Vulture so. and I did read what his elevated. backstory. Is you know about Keaton's backstory in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yep. how he, what he's running, the damage control. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. I think that's a cool idea. But um, we'll see. You know. Yeah. It was great in Birdman. Um, hopefully yeah, it, it works. Movie. But yeah, the, the DC universe is just. Uh, man, I, I, I can't. It sucks. The second time I watched the Suicide Squad, I was just I was besides <laughs> myself. I fooled myself in the uh, theater, thinking like this is fun, but they are right. on the longest mission in a movie ever. You know? <laughs> it's true. They just yeah. They just they, there's no. It's always the same city. Like you know, it's like oh my god, dude. You always have to have that beam shooting up into the sky with worldwide destruction exactly. on the plate. You know, it's I'm tired of it. That's why I really liked, um, um, like, Civil War, you know, because there was no, like, world domination or world destruction. It was, like, a contained story, you know. And same thing with, um, like, Doctor Strange. There wasn't, like, this, you know, we're going to destroy the world. Like, the third act of that movie was different for Marvel, which I think was a good thing because I'm tired of like the third act. Like we have to destroy this thing that's going to destroy the city and we have to get to the center of it. Like, Oh yeah. I'm so I'm done with it. What it is, is they're hiring people to write these films who didn't read comic books. Right. And they're not understanding that like a movie, like I would just love to see a Batman movie. One night of Batman, he gets stuck inside Arkham Asylum Yeah, and he has to get out like, or, or like one night of like, uh, Anything really, like you know, what I mean, a self-contained tale mm-hmm. for any superhero, I think, really works, you know. But we really, yeah. sh- I mean, Logan was kind of that. I mean, stuff yeah. they got away with in Logan, they haven't done another superhero films, but hopefully, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like DC takes note and like, it just looks so like Lord of the Ringsy to me, like the, yeah, the way that these yeah. movies look. It just looks, it's all CGI. Yeah, it I might just, be the same filter that the Lord of the Rings used. Yeah, it just takes me out of it. Like, you know, some of the like backgrounds in that trailer for Justice League, it doesn't even look like they're on Earth. You know, maybe they're not, but I mean, that's another thing. I just it looks it looks like Sin City. It's like how Robert Rodriguez shot that movie. You know, it was all green screen, and he put everything in later. You know, and even when they showed you behind the scenes footage of them filming Batman versus Superman, it was all like green screen, you know. They even made Superman's cape digital, you know. Like he had yeah, to wear did. this like it's just like come on, you like a cape? You you can't you can't even just put a real cape on the man. They can't achieve what f- they want without uh, Christopher Reeve had get a real fired cape, up, you know. <laughs> Christopher Reeve had a real cape. Um Right. And, I, you know, I, I think also, too, on the Internet, it's been spoiled. I mean, take it or leave it if you believe it, that Hal Jordan of the Green Lantern is going to be portrayed by um, Army Hammer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard that might be a little secret in the movie that he's in it, right? And that's that's the that's going to help them make an additional $25 million at the domestic oh, box office God. because of God. Uh, that one cameo. But, yeah, I'm the, I feel the same way. I mean, trailer looks fun, but the story just doesn't, look like it's anything we haven't seen before yeah i I just think it's gonna be one convoluted mess 
you know? Like I Batman just, for Superman. Batman for Superman yeah. like, is... I can't even watch it without getting a headache. It just <laughs> really upsets me. Like, it feels like a migraine movie to me. Yeah, yeah, it's There's brutal. nothing fun about it. Being in the desert, parademons, you know, getting, you mm-hmm. know, your ass kicked by Superman. I'll say it again, too, man. I've said it probably maybe... It'd be funny if we could find out exactly, but we never will. How many times on the podcast here I've said that I just want to see Batman's mask get ripped off once mm-hmm. and for him to have some black paint under his eyes. It makes sense, right? right? You can't take right. off the mask and have him normal skin. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's happened in Batman Returns and it happened in Batman vs. Superman, and I hate it. Get yeah. it right. No, you're right. Get it you're right. right. Make it all dirty, you know? Like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Furiosa and Mad Max, you know, like come on. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But um, yeah, I just wish that one. I mean, one day we will see a good Batman movie. I mean, the Batman Lego movie I thought was awesome for yeah, kids. I enjoyed my that my as son's well. not quite old enough yet to you know hone in. He's still you know figuring out his chops. But I watched it and I loved it. I thought the opening yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, I loved it, man. I I loved it. It was the first movie that I actually took my son to a movie theater to see, just him and I, and um, he loved it. And I loved it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is so great that like our first movie is Batman related." Um, That's cool. I Who's like his favorite? Think I'm favorite in it? Doing it right. <laughs> Who's his favorite? And it's, uh, right now, he, actually, believe it or not, man, he loves Robin. Okay, I like it. Yeah, he's a big Robin. It, that means fan. you're Batman. <laughs> yeah, so it's cool, and he's in that phase right now where he wants to draw all the time. So we're constantly drawing like the Lego Batman characters and. He's all about like playing with the comic book figures, and I gave him a bunch of my old comic book figures from when I was a kid. So like, it's cool sitting like on the couch watching him play with my toys that I did the same thing when I was his age. You know, it's it's really awesome, man. I, I love it. I love it. It's, yeah, it's great being a dad. I love it. It's the, got that right. it's the best gig out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, my son. Uh, he's starting to like really dig music, and he's starting to like bob his head and stuff. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, um, yeah. I show him different my, things and stuff like that. And you know, I have to say, we do we do watch Sesame Street quite a bit. And uh, I want to say it again here on the podcast. I am a huge fan of public <laughs> broadcasting. Uh, you know, I just love Sesame Street. I love uh, all the programs, dude. They're like great for kids. I forgot yeah, Sesame a, how good you were to people. I'm a sucker for Elmo. I love Elmo. <laughs> I know it was weird, you know, because like Elmo's you know, Elmo's the the front man now. But in my day it was Big Bird. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, same here. You know. Big Bird hardly yeah. even talks anymore. He just hangs out in the background like he's like lost at a party and shit. Like Elmo right. just is destroying it. And right. um, it really is all about the voices too. Like Elmo's voice is just so it's the perfect, perfect. combination of cute and annoying as hell. <laughs> you ever and see the, the documentary kids? about the guy who does Elmo? No, what's the name of that? I forgot about that. Um, I think it's called Being Elmo. Being is it on Netflix? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, you know, I saw it on Netflix once. Okay, um, I'll find it then. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, I can check it out right now. Well, yeah, being, as they say on Sesame being Street, Elmo. you know, being Elmo, count me yep. in. I mean, I'm definitely uh, down to check that out. Um, before we go, just wanted to wish you luck on Saturday night. You know, I know people say break a leg or whatever, but this is the, the trilogy... Bobcast, Bobcast, podcast, if you will. We had, you know, Steve. We have you. We had Paul. And we wish yeah, everybody. And I enjoyed yeah. those interviews, man. They were great interviews. I, I just listened to Paul's interview today, man. I learned some things that I never even knew. So I always yeah, love Paul's listening cool, to these, man. You do a great job. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's it's fun, and uh, I really get to talk to anybody about the stuff that I enjoy, like you know, Logan, Spider Man, stuff like that. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope everything goes well. And um, thank you. Definitely going to be in attendance. And um, you know, yeah, it's I think gonna you guys be a great are, what you're doing time, for man. Jimmy is a great uh, cause. Yeah, it'll be the first time in a long time where I go out onto a stage and I'm not playing cover music. So I can yes. tell you how happy I am about that. <laughs> that does feel really good. And you're playing one of the greatest stages in the city of Philadelphia, Theater of yeah. Living Arts. Ladies and gentlemen, yep. there is tickets still available. You can get them on Live Nation, I believe. Um, the show is at 7 o'clock, and uh, it's a great lineup, some great rock and roll. Jackson made the analogy yeah. today that uh, when he talks about uh, your band and the other bands playing, that he feels like, you know, he is like Pierre talking about the Hooters, which made mm-hmm. me realize, man, we are, we're getting up there, but at least we're still doing our thing. We're still relevant, you know what I mean? So yeah, I wish absolutely. you luck, bro. 
Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's been another episode of...